because it's going to be a active participation Sunday school, which they usually are anyway. So people are going to get an opportunity to testify. <coughs> now, Sister Jacqueline said something yesterday. She said there are two times in our lives that we are to praise God. <laughs> That's when we feel like it and when we don't feel like it. And that's the truth. There's two times also to give thanks. And that's when we feel like it and when we don't feel like it. Thanksgiving, I always try to take off the week of Thanksgiving because that is probably my favorite holiday. I don't know why. I just like I like fall and I like Thanksgiving. But maybe because Christmas is so commercialized and Thanksgiving is not. It's just a time that people get together and give thanks. But you know most people that is the week that they give thanks or the day but we're not to live, have a day of thanksgiving or a season of thanksgiving. We're to live a life of thanksgiving. We're to be thankful every single day, every day. So in Revelations 12, 11, I'll have to tell you all about our Thanksgiving in just a little bit. It was, it was wonderful. Revelations 12, 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. It says, We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So how does our testimony help us overcome? What does your testimony do that helps you to overcome? It takes our eyes off of our circumstance and puts it on God. Because when we start testifying of something that he has done for us, we take our eyes off of what we're going through and put them on him and that's when we begin to see the victory let's look at Samuel we've been we've been looking at David now for a while so we might as well look at it again David's got a lot to teach about his life first Samuel 17 1 Samuel 17, verse 32. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail thee. This is when David's getting ready to confront Goliath. Fail him, fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. 
verse 33. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go up against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. See, Saul was looking at the natural. David wasn't in the natural realm. Let's look at verse 37. David said, moreover, the Lord that hath delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. David testified. He testified of what God had done. His eyes was not on the Philistine. His eyes was on God. And he testified that God had already done this for me. So what is this? This is nothing. This Goliath is nothing. So our testimony does more than just lift us up and help us through circumstances. It helps others. Because look at the rest of this script, rest of this verse. And when he said that to Saul, Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. It took Saul's eyes off the circumstance, too. He put his eyes upon God. Put his because he told him, said, Go and let the Lord be with thee. Our serf, our testimony helps to build the faith and hope in others. I don't know if you've ever re- really paid attention or noticed, but the whole fate of Israel was in this battle. Would you put your life in the hands, the rest of your existence in the hands of anybody else? All of Israel did. They put their hands, they put their whole life, because Goliath confronted them and said, if I win, y'all become our servants. If David wins, we'll become y'all's servants. It's just going to be a battle between two people. There were two armies, but there's just going to be a battle between two people. A little shepherd boy. And all of Israel depended on whether he won or not. It was a major, it was a major thing. But David had no fear in him. I heard this uh, from a, I think her name is Christy Harfouche. She gave the definition of a trial. We all go through trials. So do you know what a trial is, the definition of a trial? The definition of a circumstance that you're going through? A trial is a testimony being written. That's what a trial is. A trial is a testimony that is being written at that time. (coughs) 
And the outcome of that trial is a picture of our relationship. Hmm. If we win the trial, that's a picture of our relationship with God. But if we lose the trial, if we have to face that trial over and over and over again, our relationship is not where it should be. And that's what our testimony is. They testify of a relationship. You know, we've all been around, been through trials. We go through them constantly. There's always something coming up, and there always will be. And I went through some over and over and over and over and over. could probably add a few more overs on there. And we all probably have. But James 1.8 tells us that a double-minded person won't receive anything from God. See, David was not double-minded in what God could do for him. He had no doubt. He had no fear. It's just, turn me loose, God. Turn, Saul, let me go. I'll take care of this. <laughs> let me go let me go and I will take care of this problem hallelujah <coughs> the Bible also tells us that our thoughts are not God's thoughts and that his thoughts are not ours but it's the relationship makes our thoughts begin to line up with his and that's when our when we when our trial becomes a testimony for him psalms 100 verse 3 and 4 tells us to be thankful which also means to make confession i never really thought of it before but you know what this actually is It's a book of testimonies. It's a book of testimonies where the men and women of God have overcome. Sometimes they didn't overcome, and their testimonies in here too. But most of it is where they overcome. See, it even starts out, it says, In the beginning God created Telling what God has done. It's a book of testimonies. Malachi 3.10 and Luke 6.38. They're both opportunities for testimonies to be written. That's what they are. God said in Malachi 3.10 to prove me. Write a testimony. <coughs> Step out and do what I t and, and tithe and prove me and see if I won't. Open up the windows of heaven. There's a testimony there to be written. I mean, I have one. Pastor Casey has one. Well, I just want to share what I what I see in that is everything you're saying is about speaking out loud, and I, and there's something spiritual that happens when we speak what God did. He even says that to be saved, we have to speak 
because it says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you shall be saved. You overcome by the blood of Jesus who, because he paid the price for us, but also by the word of your testimony. There's something that finishes whatever God did. And I, as you were talking, I was thinking about I went, when we see Benny Hinn go up there, um, the people start going up to tell what God did in them, but that work... A lot of times, a lot of times he'll pray for them after they testify because the work isn't totally complete yet until that word has been spoken. And, and it's, it's just like what you read in Genesis. When that word was spoken, then the creation was complete. And so when we speak that word, then the work has been completed in us. The testimony is part of it. Amen. It's not done until the testimony has been said. Amen. That's exactly right. The testimony, we have to speak it forth. It, you have to testify of what God has done for you because nobody can read your mind. But when you begin to testify and tell people what God has done, then they know. So I'm gonna, we're going to open it up for some testimonies, but I'm going to tell a couple first. <laughs> I've already told this one. Not too long ago, I uh, transferred to a new area in the mill. And uh, when I signed up to go to this new area, there were no jobs available in that area. Not a single job. There were no openings. I signed up anyway. I felt like God told me to sign up. I signed up, and the next Sunday he told me to sow a seed. I sowed a seed. Within a month, two jobs opened up in that area. I got the first one. Since then, there have been six jobs opened up in that area when there were none. Six. I, d I didn't need but one. But some of my buddies, people I work with, they got to come with me. Yes. <laughs> she, for y'all that didn't hear, she said, because it affects more than just me. This life is not just about me. It's not about me getting over there to a new area in the mill. He opened up the door for me, but he opened up the door for five more because of a seed that I sown. And I'll tell you about, I've told y'all some about the house that we bought that we live in now. The house we used to live in was, I think, was less than a thousand square feet. It could have qualified for probably for one of those tiny house shows. <laughs> it was small. We felt it was time to move. So we moved. We got to looking for a house, and we found one. We'd been praying, and we knew that this was the one. It was vacant. It went up for auction because nobody lived in it. People hadn't been paying it. So we went to the auction to buy it at the bank. They told us what to do, where to go, and all of this. We went to Hamburg. How many people showed up for the auction? 
realtor. Three people, and we'd already talked to him, and he then told us that, now, I've got to have this much, or we'll have to keep it. And now, he was honest. You could tell the man was honest with us. So, what did we bid on it? The bare minimum that we had to get. So, God get, God blessed us with that house. But uh, while we were inspecting that house, checking it out, we had them to turn the water and stuff on so that we could check it out and make sure no leaks and all that stuff. And uh, this is before we ever got the house. I had to, I was working evenings, and so I had to go down there and drain the hot water tank because it was going to be freezing cold that night. Didn't want anything to bust on it. So we hadn't even got the house yet. I'm down there. 11 o'clock at night, in the dark, draining the hot water heater because it's under the carport in the little room. I'm dancing under the carport in the dark, praising God for this house. Well, God, give us this house. It's almost double what we had. Maybe double what we had, I'm not sure. But anyway, it, uh, well, you know, with a bigger house comes a bigger payment. We was used to this payment. Our house payment practically tripled. I was not ready for that. My income, like Barbara said, my income didn't triple. They didn't give me a raise because I was buying a bigger house. I'll just tell you, it doesn't work that way. Well, we bought this house. Income, the house payment tripled. And we're still, we're making it. God's making it. We're just, I mean, just barely skimming, skimming by. Done that for a few years. Told God I'm tired of it. Tired of his, the house that he gave me. Okay, that's just, okay. I'm tired of this struggle, I'm tired of this house, so I tried to sell it, put it on the market. Wouldn't nobody buy it. Wouldn't even come, had a couple, one couple finally come looked at it, and they couldn't get a loan on it. He wouldn't let us get out from under what he gave us. <laughs> so we just kept going. You know, said, okay. You're going to have to make the payments. And since then, he's allowed us to uh, refinance it twice through the same company. They give us an opportunity to say, you can refinance. And we did. didn't cost us anything for closing costs or nothing. Look, kept, just dropped our payment. Dropped our payment a second time. If I'd have got out of it, I'd have never seen that happen. But the thing is, when we bought this house, we weren't planning on having home groups there. We weren't having home groups at that time. But God knew. We have two home groups there. We have a men's group and we have a ladies' group. 
all at the same house. It's built so that it can be divided. And we can have two home groups. We are... We're getting to this Thanksgiving. I've got a younger brother that's been to my house maybe. He's probably been in it twice now since we've been there, and we've been there a long time. Well, this Thanksgiving, invited him to come, him and my daddy and my stepmother. And he usually goes nowhere. He's just a pretty solitary person. He was the first one to show up Thanksgiving. The first one to come in and sit down and stay most of the day. But the thing that was really got me was we, there were some of us sitting in the den. You know, we had the TV going. I don't know what we was watching. We'd been watching the parade and who knows what. But there was another group of people sitting at the dining room table and they got started talking about Jesus see my brother knows I go to church he knows all of this stuff and it's hard sometimes to talk to your own family it's not hard to talk to them if they don't receive things from you we were sitting in there but we could hear the conversation because I mean it's like from here to Evangelist Timmy from us, that close. And the ones that were doing the talking were Baptist. But they were talking about getting saved, living for God, giving your life to Jesus. He heard the gospel preached right there that day on Thanksgiving Day. Would that have happened had we bailed out of this house and just kept pushing the issue? No, I don't think so. Everything is set in order. As Pastor Casey was praying this morning for God to set things in order, if one thing changes over here, then something else changes. It, it affects things from then on. You can't tell me God didn't ordain that day for him to hear that. He ordained it all up until that point. But we've got to have that relationship to hear it and to stick with it and to follow. So, has anybody else got a testimony of what God has done for them this year? Well, this year he, he touched my life in such a mag magnified way that I, I got to morning not even knowing myself because I wasn't myself he showed me all the love that's appeared in this world he gave me a beautiful family I was losing family members and thought that I was lost but look look what he gave me look what he gave me amen I thank hallelujah so he's he brother Paul said something there he got up this morning and didn't know himself. <laughs> if we would all just look back just a few years, we don't have to look far. 
if we've been letting God move in us and letting God work in us, we don't look like we did five years ago. We don't look like we did. We don't talk like we did. We don't act like we did. Amen. Anybody else got a testimony? I think Rhonda. At, at the beginning of the year, I was still working at the school, um, basically making minimum wage. And uh, God moved on us to buy a car. Well, the car, every, every step that God has taken us has always been outside of where we thought we could pay or do. And that was, that was no different. So we were so conscious of whether or not we would be able to make a payment that we started making a payment as soon as we got the car. And then just about five months later, we get in a second car get a new job I got a new job making almost double what I made before and each step has been like um, taking us beyond what we thought we could do and uh, right now we are two months ahead on our car payments <laughs> hallelujah See, go from, Sister Charlotte, go from an old car to two cars to a new job. Now, what kind of, does that make anybody think that God can supply their needs then? Does that give you hope? See, that's what a testimony is for. That testimony it's for Rhonda and Andy also. It says, she said an important thing right there. He stretched them beyond what they thought they could do. If it doesn't stretch you a little bit beyond what you think you can do, then it's you. God's going to stretch you more than what you think you can do. He's going to put a little pressure on you to do a little extra. Amen. Yes, my name is Janice. I'm Paul's biological sister. Uh, and my testimony is this. I've been wanting to spend more time with the Lord. And my job required for me to be at work at 5 o'clock in the morning. Well, just recently, he blessed me to be able to go to work at 7 to 3.30 off every weekend. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, my God, he's done so much. I don't know where to start, but he said, just say, early this year we thought we were going to lose our house, and, you know, that fear kind of gets in you and, and that pressure to go out and get you a job and all this, and, you know, circumstances around us were all uh, just lined up where if I... You know, it's like, if you go get a job, what you going to do with that kid? You know, if you go get a job, what you going to do this? And, and how you going to do this? And so I just said, God, and the prophet came, and he said, and he said, you won't lose your house. So uh, I just trusted God with that. I trusted him, and I trusted him, and I just believed him. I, I believed him. And he didn't, he, we weren't, 
losing our house, he was trying to give us a better one, and we just, we didn't know that, but, but now we're getting, to, my sister's moving out of her house into another place, so we're going to be closer to the church, our payments are going to be lo- lower, way lower, like, like, almost half as much, um, and, uh, <laughs> and it's going to be, it's going, it's going to be good, because we've got half as many kids now, you know, so, it's like, <laughs> oh my God, and twice as many dogs, so there was a big old fenced-in yard. You know, it's just, thank you, Jesus. I'm Amen. grateful. Grateful to you. Amen. She said something about the pressure. You can count on it. Well, that's what a trial is. It's pressure. You're going to feel some pressure. And when you're going through it, you're also going to feel some pressure like she said, to do something different from what God has called you to do. You're going to feel some pressure to try and get yourself out of it. I did. Tried to sell this house. Looked for a house built like this one for years. I mean, we wore realtors out looking for a house, literally. They got tired of us coming into the real estate office because we knew what we wanted. And they'd show us a house. No, this ain't it. They were literally got tired of us coming. Because I wanted a house with a room on the back with windows. Not a room on the back that looked like a bat cave. You know, well, you know, the way most of them are, they put a room on the back and put all, and brick it up where you can't see the backyard. That ain't what I wanted. Amen. Can testify that back in the beginning of the year, um, the Lord we had a lesson and it was on the grace of God and and that lesson changed my life and I always knew that I was born again when the Lord I just had that knowing down on the inside of me but I didn't have the confidence of who Jesus was or who I was in Christ Jesus and. When that lesson was taught to us, and I studied that lesson, that grace of knowing who Jesus is on the inside of me, and that it's his ability in me, that I could yield myself to him and allow him to use my life. And so I took that, and one day the Lord uh, asked me, who did I see when I looked in the mirror? Whose face did I see? And I would see other people's faces because I just, you know, um, I thought I could never do what they do I'll never be as fluent as they are and I just kept I just kept going after God and um, one time I looked in the mirror who do you see and I started seeing the face of Jesus instead of other people and I started seeing that when my reflection was reflecting him and he's beginning to change who I am and um, just giving me that confidence and that boldness that I can do the call that he has placed on my life and, and knowing that I'm not alone. See, I could trust him to be there when someone else was moving for God. I, could, I knew that God was moving for them, but that faith and stepping out and just trusting him to know that when he asked me to do that, he was going to be there. Even if I just got a little bit, if I just step out, I've heard it and heard it and heard it, but just doing it and obeying the Lord and moving quickly when the voice of the Lord spoke and not listening to that second voice and moving quickly. And so he's changed my, uh, changed my life, and I just see, um, I see 
there's just been so much that he's been been doing in my life. I have such a an aching in my heart for him. I, I just I don't ever want to lose that. I don't. You know, I just I long for his presence. I long, and then he he. I've heard, you know, we heard it when, um, I think it was Dr. Cleese that said that work is prayer and prayer is the work. Well, I heard that, but that didn't really mean anything to me because I didn't get it. And so um, when Ken and I first got married, I was off one year for a whole year. And I was, I was, I just thought I wanted to be off, you know, or I could come do things for God and I could have that free time. Well, I didn't do that and I got bored real quick and I had to go back to work I had to get busy I'm almost after two two years now and I'm not bored I'm hungry for God <laughs> I'm ready to do whatever the Lord wants me to do and then I guess it was last week I got it prayer is work because I've been crying out God you want me to go to work do you want me to get a job because that pressure is there do you want me to get a job do you want me to go God show me what you want me to do Prayer is work, and work is the prayer. Prayer is work, Amen. and work is the prayer. Amen. I got it. So I got it. Prayer is work, and work is the prayer. And so I just want to submit even more to what the Lord wants me to do. Amen. See, God will speak to us during our situation if we will just give him the opportunity. See, our testimony. See, one thing about a testimony is it brings singleness of mind. It puts our focus back on God. That's what they're for. Puts my focus on God, and it begins to pull other people's focus back to make them to make us realize that God is there, and He He will come through. He will answer our prayers. Amen. Hey, I, when I was a baby Christian, I thought the Lord was helping me. I thought the devil was helping me. I said, "How's that?" He said, "You didn't know my voice." He got on to me and says, you, you know one thing's like? I said, what is it, Lord? He said, you don't talk to me like you talk to everybody else. I want to know you better. I want you to carry a conversation with me. So he used to, one time he said, get out of the room. The devil's there. And I said, can I come back? He said, no. I came back. And the devil's there. And I am a walking, talking miracle. The Lord brought me back from the dead. And, then, and I, Amen. When I get up, the devil's there. So I'm going to run for his money. That's what I say. First, I want to praise God for what he has done for me this year. It started back in 2014, and I didn't feel like I was worthy of doing what he wanted me to do. When I lost my grandmother in November of last year, it's like, okay, God, what do you have me for now? I raised my kids. I went into taking care of my grandmother and my father that had a wreck. And now you took her away where she wanted to be. Now, what is my step? Where, where do I belong now? I felt lonely. I went to pray and God, show me what you have for me. So I started going to Freedom 3 in January when they started. And I'm saying, I'm still feel empty, Lord. What is it you have for me? He said, I have freedom for you. <laughs> so I fought it and fought it. And I finally give in and started going to Freedom full time in May. Shortly after that, he said, there's a little piece of paper in that drawer in your room. I won't pull it out. I pulled it out, and I looked at it, and he said, this is what I have for you. 
And I said, not me, Lord. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worthy. I, I don't know. He said, you are worthy because I made you that way. Amen. But that piece of paper had the minister, uh, ordained minister on it. And I put it in the drawer for two years. I pulled it out. I put it on file where he told me to put it on file at the courthouse in June. In September, I married my first couple. And that's <laughs> all because of God, not me. Because I would have never felt that I was worthy to do what he wanted me to do. The other night, he told me he had another level for me. And he Amen. wanted me to step into it. But I've got to work through and find out what that level is. But the word was, I have you at another level. And I want you to go for it. So I don't know what that is at the moment. So I'm still praying through and trying to find out what that level is. But I'm here and willing to do whatever he has me to do. Amen. Anyone else have a testimony of what God has done this year? Um, I just want to say, I just want to tell Miss Pastor Teresa, thank you for everything that you've done. Like, that was real powerful yesterday. Like, it was powerful. It, it really, it got me. <laughs> and I've been through a lot, so I just want to say thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, we give God all the glory and uh, thank you for being open enough to receive. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I just, you know, last night I texted Pastor Angie and told her how comfortable we were in the hotel. Uh, thank you so much for your hospitality. Mommy, Pastor Tim, Sister Julie, everybody. Uh, and I was just cuddling up with my, uh, the last born uh, who turned nine yesterday. And we were under the blanket and uh, they had, she had just fallen asleep. And I placed my hand on her and I was just declaring some stuff. And the Lord just whispered to me, see what I have done for you. And I had a quick flashback to when she was born. And at four weeks, some of you have heard the testimony, at four weeks, a uh, premature baby, she uh, got this uh, RSV virus. And uh, her heart stopped twice. She was in the ICU. Doctors didn't know whether she would live. And the Lord just took me back there for a short minute. And I was just so overwhelmed. He said, see, and I just want to testify and say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Father. Thank, you, thank Jesus. you, Father, that even in the face of death, he can raise a dead situation yeah. back up to life. It ain't over until God says it's over. Amen. Amen. We'll end with that right there. <laughs> Amen. It's not over till God says it's over. Amen. Thank you all for being here. What I want to say is everybody I've talked to for the last four days, just like when she was talking, they're talking in English, but I'm hearing tongues, which means there's a roar, there's a sound, there's a, 
Acts 2, you know, when he, when they were all in one accord, and then the Holy Ghost came like a mighty rushing wind. And I know this year of 2017 is a year of prayer. It's a year of consecration. It's a year of set apart. It's a year of the Nazarite vow. And God called this church to go deeper. And I was sitting there just then thinking, God, why, why can't we just be, you know, it, it's okay if we don't go into the spirit today. Let's just do this or that. But we really don't have to connect. And, and everything's good. And everything, we'll go home. And, um, because we can't. This church is a spirit-filled, fire-baptized, sanctified, set-apart, consecrated, and, and dedicated, and we meditate on Jesus Christ. And so we, we, we're awkward out of that place. It's like a fish out of water. So anytime you come in here and you feel awkward or like the spirit hadn't come in yet, uh, we haven't really connected, um, it, that awkward place is because that's not, not normal for us. That's never going to be normal for us. Because there's many times I've thought about coming back down to the head knowledge. I ain't never really thought about it, but pressure comes on me to do that, to be a surface church. But what I know is we can't, we can't, we won't survive there. There's plenty of that. There's plenty of that to just come to church, hear the word one day a week, going with my life. And the other day I thought if we give God six days and six nights of our week and then give him, we give him six days and 22 hours and we give him from 10 to 12 on Sunday, there's nothing but flesh. That means I've given him two hours of my week. Amen. So I can't expect to have anything for anybody but flesh because that's what I've fed all week. Amen. So the more we feed our spirit, the more we're going to have to have the spirit. The more we're going to require the spirit, the more we're going to be dissatisfied with anything lighter than where he's called us to go because deep calls to deep. And he's called us to be that set-apart deep place so people can come in and get free. So thank you for your testimonies today. But it's important key not to rush past because I'm not talking about hollering. I'm talking about connecting. And the anointing yesterday is calm. It's a sweet anointing. So we have to connect with the spirit to go on with our service. We're connecting. We're not all the way. We're not right there yet. Because uh, I, can, I can tell because I know, I know Elder Roberts, a fireball teacher. We have to connect with the spirit in the prayer. So the service can we'll stay connected all the way through. And it's not in the holler. It's in the small, still voice.